The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 261. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where we talk about applying high leverage psychology in your business and life. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, private practice owner, speaker, executive coach, and consultant. I became a psychologist to learn how to leverage psychology and help others do the same. For over a decade, I've been tracking how psychology gets in the way of smart and results-driven people. For years, I've developed frameworks and tools to help them leverage psychology instead to launch themselves forward. It's my mission to share my hard-earned lessons with you so you can launch yourself forward too. I can't wait to talk high leverage psychology with you so you can learn to take higher leverage action today. Hey there. Today's episode continues to break from the usual mold. Back in April, I was on a burnout panel and it was such a deep, rich conversation that I couldn't help but share it with you. It's broken down into three bite-sized episodes, and today you're going to hear part three, which is the final part. If you didn't listen to part one and part two yet, you are really missing out. But whether or not you go back and give them a listen, you're going to pick up a lot of lessons and strategies from today's episode. FYI, you're also going to hear Tracy Cherpesky and Justin Maxwell, who joined me in the conversation. Tracy organized, hosted, and moderated the panel. She's a business coach for established healthcare practice owners who helps them go from success with overwhelm to success with freedom, all without sacrificing personal, professional, and financial growth and joy. Justin, my co-panelist, is a tax and wealth strategist who helps medical professional business owners plug money leaks, become more efficient with their earned money, and create the certainty needed to live a big life. Part three is where we dig deep into the long-term potential consequences of burnout and also talk in depth about practices you can start using today to recognize and reduce or even eliminate burnout from your life. Ready? Set. Let's go. It's kind of like a boulder rolling downhill. The longer and the more that it goes, the harder it is to stop and the more damage it can cause. And it doesn't mean that it's all irreversible. It does mean that there's an accumulation of time, energy, effort, work that's going to be necessary in order to even have a chance of repairing those things. And sometimes they can be repaired and other times it reaches a breaking point and it's not possible. So on the kind of We'll say lighter side. I've seen everything from more irritability, snapping, treating staff and patients with less care, treating family and friends in ways that are, you know, kind of create much more conflict or more distance. And that can be kind of on the quote unquote lighter side, all the way to really losing friends, losing family, estrangement, I've certainly seen as well, which is really unfortunate. And again, not that it can't be overcome. It's just that ball as it rolls downhill will just continue to grow in momentum and in and then the damage that it's causing along the way. 
And, you know, in extreme cases, I've certainly even encountered people who start to have thoughts of, is this a life worth living? And while in my practice, I don't work with people who are like actively suicidal, I certainly have worked with people who don't want to die, but their life as it is needs to end. In other words, specifically, they need so much change. The way that they're currently living is not only not sustainable, it's so unfulfilling that that particular way of living needs to die and they need to create or reform a new way of living. And so, you know, there's so many deep, deep consequences. And I mean, even just what I'm talking about there is like in a deeper kind of form of depression. And again, I've seen everything in between. I mean, there's so much. And and again, it just accumulates and it hits all these different areas and it starts to spread. I've seen it become much more pervasive or spread to other parts of life. So even if someone is in their work, they're doing pretty well, but then their relationships or in their personal life or in their own internal personal fulfillment, those pieces start to accumulate. They lose their hobbies. They lose, you know, connection with people that they used to do things, whether it's bike riding or kayaking or whatever it is they really love to do. And then it becomes really hard to rebuild those things. And sometimes they lose a piece or pieces or sense of themselves. And then there's this whole process of needing or wanting to rebuild that. And that is a lot of work. You know, an analogy that I like to use, I'm a really nerdy guy, so I use a lot of physics analogies. One of them is entropy. There's this like idea that entropy just increases over time, chaos increases over time. And another way of framing that is entropy is just the result of small efforts that are not exerted to maintain order, or in this case, to maintain fulfillment. So when we're not putting in the time, energy, the efforts to maintain the parts of our lives that are really fulfilling, our relationships, our family, even parts of our work, and certainly parts outside of it, then the lack of those small and continual efforts will compound. They become this boulder that just continues to grow in mass and momentum and create a great deal more damage. And then if we want to go back, we have all of these accumulated small efforts that we then need to go back and put in gargantuan efforts, huge efforts to try to undo and then recreate or rebuild. And so when you think or look at it that way, you can kind of just visualize the potential consequences and how important it is to actually see it happening earlier on in the process and address it as early on in the process as possible. I'm processing this a little bit, but I'm also thinking like not to be dramatic, but it can happen quickly. It's a very slippery slope. And I think we have a lot of conditioning and then our own stuff, you know, that we bring with us in our knapsack. And, you know, I think it's this rate raising awareness, like burnout is not a badge of honor. Burnout is a serious condition and it can have catastrophic consequences. And I think the thing I just want to keep highlighting is recognizing, and Yisha, you said this too, recognizing those signs. Like if we can see it and address it earlier, then that boulder doesn't start getting that momentum to really go and you know become this out of control wrecking ball. Yeah, it's something to really think about, you know, and to continue. And I think so. I think there are some things that we can all do in our daily lives. I would love to hear some examples of like. What are some things that we can do to start to recognize and to check in with ourselves, perhaps on a daily basis or as a part of a practice? How can we recognize it, get in touch with ourselves? A couple of things that come to mind for me, and I often encourage people to try some experiments. Get one extra hour of sleep more than you currently do for a week or two. Really be diligent about that and then see how you feel. Be intentional about carving out time that you specifically don't do work, that you spend with family or friends. Do that for a couple of weeks and see how you feel. And like the goal here is not to overburden yourself. 
Sometimes that means take 120 seconds in the morning before you get out of bed to stretch. And I've literally given that recommendation. And it can be life-changing because the thing is, and there's some really beautiful research on this. There's actually market research that shows that what we think doesn't always translate into what actually feels great. You know, and the market research was uh, Campbell did some research. I think it was back in the 50s or 60s, asking people what they want in a pasta sauce. And then they made 46 kinds of pasta sauce and nearly went bankrupt because nobody bought them more than once. And that created actually a revolution in the marketing research industry because what they later did was they made a bunch of types of pasta sauce and then they had people try it and then rate them afterwards. And when they got ratings, they used that data to produce like two or three kinds of pasta sauce and then their business took off and they just ignored everything else. And so the really key piece here is to allow yourself to try things and specifically carve out time to try things so that you can learn and work on resourcing yourself in the ways that you really need. And the only way we're going to figure that out is actually by intentionally trying those things. I mean, one thing you can do is speak to somebody or do some research on what are some things that might really be useful. Don't just take them at their word, though. See it all as an experiment. And as I said, try getting an extra hour of sleep more than you currently do. And then see how you feel. See what happens in terms of your productivity, in terms of how you feel on a daily basis. Try carving out specifically, whether it's one night a week or one day out of the weekend, to spend with family or friends and not do any amount of work. And those are just examples. Tailor them to yourself. If that doesn't fit into your life currently, then think about or at least imagine or reimagine a way in which it can. Maybe it's an hour in the morning, you're helping your kids get ready, or maybe it's putting your kids to bed or reading a book to them. Maybe it's intentionally going to the playground with your kids and running around. You know, it could be any number of things. Just starting and start small. This is the other thing. I know I'm giving you like, I don't know, I'm throwing like 10 kinds of, you know, paint at the canvas, but don't try to be Picasso all at once. You know, try one thing, see how it goes. And if it works, then mark that down, write it down for yourself, keep it in front of you and keep that piece going and then try something else. And what that will do is it creates a different kind of snowball effect, a snowball effect where you're learning how to resource yourself. What are the things that give you fulfillment? And here's another little tip. As we grow and get older and change and our life circumstances change, our needs also change. And so continuing this tinkering process, what I call it, really allows you to not just keep up and get your needs met, but keep up with the changes that are happening for yourself and in your life so that this isn't just about avoiding burnout. It's also about creating a very fulfilling life, which I think is almost, if you think about almost like the other side of the coin to burnout, which is a very unbalanced life where we're ignoring and not even attuned to the parts of our lives that are so, so important. I really like what was just said there. That was really well said. Uh, just a few things that they can add to that snowball over time as they experiment with what works for them. I've found that exercise is really powerful for me. So I really enjoy like weightlifting and, and strength training type of activities. That for me is really powerful. Other people might not like that, but they can still find an exercise that works for them. Running, swimming, jogging, hiking, biking. There's so many different activities that can typically align somewhere with someone, but getting your heart beating Getting outside of yourself, pushing your muscles can help alleviate some of that stress. Another thing that works well for me is sometimes only get like three minutes, but five to 10 minutes of just nice sitting in myself and meditation. And just, I like to listen to like nature sounds and just be present. And this is a good way. I think it goes back to your last 
point, which is identifying and being able to sense something that might be wrong because the meditation can bring those things out. But those two things for me have helped. Another thing that could help for someone is if they labeled their morning as their power hour, it doesn't have to be an hour, but it's their power up phase of I'm priming my day for what's coming, but it's doing things not work-related, but that are separate from and building their self up towards being productive and avoiding that burnout phase of what could come. I love that. And I'm like mentally smacking myself in the forehead for not mentioning exercise and meditation because it's like such a core piece of of mental health. And I also really appreciate that the idea of like being intentional, that that power hour is just carving out time of what is fulfilling? What do I need to do? What are things that are important for me to do that are not work related in my day? Those are just all awesome. Thank you, Justin. I think intentionality keeps coming up as well. I keep hearing, you know, a lot of reference to this and Yishai, you said something that really, really struck me, which is that living a fulfilled life is, I think you said it's counter to, or maybe the antidote to burnout. And that it's almost like they're polar opposites, right? And so what does it mean to live a fulfilled life? I think we've also got some conditioning around that. That's like, well, if you just work hard, then you'll have everything and you'll check all those boxes and you'll be fulfilled. It's not really about being fulfilled. It's that sense of fulfillment. And so that doesn't have to necessarily be balance or a certain level of achievement or a certain amount of money. It's that sense of being that we can create on a daily basis. And something that I work with, with my clients is, you know, how do we need to be feeling in order to achieve certain goals? So you can still, it doesn't mean give up all of your ambition, right? Fulfillment is really, you know, I am content and happy and I have this sense of fulfillment with what I currently have, even while I strive for more in other areas of my life and career. So I think that this is really lovely. And I think it's a way also to tie in to our final question, which is about how can we as a community better support one another so that we can help one another recognize the signs of burnout or, you know, tap into that feeling of fulfillment. And I think we need a lot more of that in our professional lives. So I would love to hear from you if you have some ideas about how as a community we can support one another more effectively. I think that for me, one of the things that I'm trying to help paint is a a different story because the story that's told to society as a whole is we got to grind, we got to work as hard as possible. It's do, 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 do. But if we can paint a different vision for people in our conversations and the way that we're approaching it, we all have different professions here. But if we all can paint a vision of you don't have to grind, you don't have to work super hard to still reach the highest levels. And it's a paradox to people because honestly, the things that we're talking about, like what we just talked about, as as you pull back, I see oftentimes people go even bigger. Like they even reach higher levels than they were reaching before. But it's like paradoxical in the mind is if I pull back, then I'm not going to reach my highest levels. And this is just completely anecdotal for people. But if you can keep painting this picture to people, there was a, a deadlifter. He'd already broken the world record once in his life. He took like five months off and he came back and broke his other record. He didn't lift for five straight months and he broke his world record when he came back after five months off. The gentleman that first broke the four minute mile barrier, he took two months off before he broke that barrier. He didn't run for two months and then he came and raced and broke the four minute mile barrier. So taking time off and pulling back oftentimes will help you reach further. And if we as a 
all professions can help paint that picture for people and help cement that as the reality, I think that is the way that we can have the narrative change and help people actually make it. Because people have to have a vision. They have to hold on to something. But right now, the current vision and the current narrative is I have to work, 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 work. And so if we as all professionals can change that narrative, I think for me, that's the step that needs to be taken in helping each other reach the stop this, stop this, what's going on. I really love that. And the image, the analogy is like, slow down, take that break, take the time off and trust that when you've put in a great deal of work, especially when the work you're doing is building something, you're building in in essence an asset that will over time compound and get better. And it requires less and less effort over time. And then when you put in efforts, it goes much further. The analogy that comes to mind is the flywheel from Jim Collins, which it takes a lot of energy to get it to go or to start going. And once you do, it's not like an infinite perpetual machine. It does still require some efforts to keep going. And then when you do these little pushes later on, then it does have a much larger impact or it has a significant effect. You know, and to tie something, Tracy, that you were saying to Justin, something you were saying is the messages we get are that fulfillment, success, it's this thing that you just win and you win it after you've worked hard, once you've accomplished some kind of goal, financial wealth, especially. And this is the story that we get told or that's often painted for us. And what that does is it pushes us to optimize for Uh, financial success, for wealth, for making lots of money, and for working as the vehicle to get there. And meanwhile, to to tie it to another point, Justin, that you'd made, when we think about retirement at 65, what we're often thinking is, when I retire, I will then have time to engage in or be with my friends, my family. But if along the way, we're we're only optimizing or exclusively optimizing for how do I make more money? How do I work harder to get there faster? then we're actually missing the point because the real point is how do I build or create a life that has a great deal of fulfillment for me, not just with family, which is really important for so many people, also for our hobbies, for our you know physical health, for how we feel in our body. And I wanted to take a step back and add to that kind of shifting the story. The way that we think about it is so fixed as if being happy is something that you accomplish at some point in time. And then like a diploma, it sits up on your wall and you just have it forever. And we often think about fulfillment in a very similar way. And if there's one thing I would say that we could help people shift or change, it would be that fulfillment is a message. Happiness is a message. It is, as emotions, as experiences, it is my brain, my body, my heart telling me what you are doing is nourishing yourself. It's nourishing your life. It is meaningful to you. It gives you the things that are deeply important to you. And keep going in that way, in that vein, is what that message really is saying. If we'd never received that message, then we would try something, even if it were fulfilling, we wouldn't have the kind of flag planted in it that says, keep doing this, keep going here. In other words, it's almost like this cheerleader for us. And very often when we just think about it as this fixed thing that I will accomplish, I will be there and everything will be okay or be fine or be great, then we're actually missing the entire point. And we're also missing out on the way of relating to the parts of us that are saying, hey, make this course correction so you don't go off in a different direction that's not going to get you what you need. And hey, this is the course you're on is is really great right now. Stay on this course. Be intentional about X, Y, Z, whatever the things are that you're doing, your, your meditation, your workout, your family time, 
maybe the specific goal that you have accomplished, celebrate that in your work life, in your business. And I think that is so powerful. And another way of doing that, and just to add another piece is connection. When we connect to other people who are in the trenches the way we are, or who are passionate like we are, who are, in a sense, they get us and we get them, we can also help to shift that narrative because we can sit around. And I've literally sat down with colleagues and said, oh, this is really hard for me. And they'll say to me, yeah, it is really hard. And then we talk about, okay, so how? And once we're openly talking about it, we start to think and talk about, okay, how do we incorporate these things? How do we solve these problems? Or how do we refocus? And just that, that itself creates bonds and it can create bonds of friendship. It can create bonds of, you know, feeling like you have these colleagues who really get you. And that itself can also be fulfilling in addition to helping you stay focused or on track with what are the things that mean the most to you? And you also then have people who check you. They're like, hey, I think you're getting a little too fixated on work. And what you're telling me is, you know, your kids are actually really, really craving you and you're not as there for them. Hey, what's the deal, man? Like, are you really going to keep doing that? Or when are you going to shift? And I also want to acknowledge that we are sometimes people, we live in seasons and maybe there is a season to work really hard. It's important not to have that be every season. I really, really like that. And just something that a picture that came to mind and just uh, I'll finish with this and then maybe there's more, but for me, like what we've been talking about, if we look at like the people that are surmounting like Everest and stuff, they're always going up and then they come back down and then they go up a little higher and then they come back down. If they went straight up, they would literally, they would die. They would kill themselves. And so that's what's happening in business right now is people are just going straight up and they're never coming back down and they never stop. And they're killing themselves metaphorically. And so you have to go up and come back down, go up and come back down with all of the things that have been said here. I think it's been really fascinating, but that image of Everest really struck true in my brain. So I wanted to to mention that. I think that might be a really good metaphor for life. It's not a straight line. It's not necessarily a destination. Of course, we set goals and we have places where we want to go, but it's often not direct. It's often a bit messy, but there's a lot that we can learn along the way. And maybe we do need to slow that down or to come drop elevation in order to give our body and our minds and our spirits and all of us time to catch up with where we're headed with what we've done so far. That's a great metaphor. Before we wrap up, if you have any final thoughts or a piece of advice that you'd like to share. I'll just, with the wealth side of things, I know that's one of the big issues here is that people are shooting for this X number in the future that they have to reach. And this is where they have to be to feel fulfilled, whether they're racing their colleagues or they're racing themselves, or they've just set this arbitrary number. If you learn to just keep the money you're making by creating automations in the way you save, by not paying as much in taxes, by just investing more in yourself in versus trying to invest in all these other assets to reach your goals. It's kind of like what we've been talking about. You're going to get to that point in a much more safe and non-grinding way. And it's not terribly difficult. Like you just create systems around the way that you you don't have to like think about it 24-7. The way you pay yourself is systematized and automated. The way you approach your tax planning is systematized and automated. You have to do some work, but it's not a ton. And it's not like you're shooting from the moon. It's just, I made this dollar. It's my, the value that I created, created it. And so I should be entitled to keep as much of that as possible. And as you do those systems and set those barriers, you're going to keep that. And that will help you not have to race to the top because you've created a certainty piece and a piece of dollars that if you didn't do them, we're going to leave you as an expense and going to be gone from your life forever. 
But if you keep those with you every single year, those in and of themselves will compound. And those in and of themselves, those dollars that you're keeping will eventually build and build and help you reach that pinnacle that you're shooting for without having to keep grinding and pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah, I love that. The word that comes to mind is sustainability. Sustainability is about engaging in the process, in business, in your personal life, in every facet of your life that allows you to continue to move forward and move upward and to continue to accomplish and reach your goals. And what that really reminds me of, and a lot of this to me comes down to boundaries. And I talk about boundaries so often with so many of my clients. Boundaries the way I think about them is they create, I call them the six S's. They create space, space for me, space that I know is mine. They create safety and security, which is, you know, that space is not intruded on by other people or by other things, by work, by things that aren't meaningful or aren't fulfilling to me or that I choose don't belong. They also create stability, structure, and sustainability. And I know that's probably a lot to process, but ultimately when we think about it is when I am intentional about what I am doing and what I'm not doing, it allows me to not just have the clarity for it, but to set up those systems and processes to make sure that I uphold them so that the actions I'm taking and the results that I'm getting and the direction that I'm heading. I love the term and the concept of directionally correct. I don't have to hit the bullseye the first time I you know, pick up the bow and arrow or first time I kind of reach for the target, you know, shoot for the target. What I really need to do is consistently be getting closer to that target and closer to that bullseye. And over time, with the intention and with that process, which is very much about what boundaries help us do is focus in on what needs to be included and screen out what needs to be excluded in order to really make that progress and head towards where we want to go without external factors and forces constantly intruding and knocking us off course. This conversation has been so rich and I think all of us are learning a lot and we have a lot to consider and to take with us today. So I just want to thank you so much for coming here, for those of us in the U.S., pretty early, especially for Justin. So thank you very much for coming. I so appreciate you sharing your expertise. I think the knowledge that you've brought today is something that can really make an impact on all of us. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. If you learned something valuable today, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more smart, high-performing, results-driven people like you the ability to learn and apply high-leverage psychology to your business and life. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast is produced by Dr. Yishai and PodTech. Music by www.purple-planet.com. Dr. Yishai is a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with the guest or listener. The information contained in this publication is for general informational purposes only and shall not be relied on or construed as coaching advice or therapy. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope today's episode fulfilled my mission to help you leverage psychology better in your business and life.